Yeah, man. So, what's this episode two of Play to the Whistle podcast? With um, I'll introduce, introduce myself first. So, it's uh, T dot, and you can catch me on Twitter at T dot underscore producer. Who else we got on the pod? Go on, big man. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jess two eight eight nine. And me, Kieran, you can catch me on Twitter on at Kieran Syke and on Instagram at Owen Alden. Insta as well, you know, Insta, Insta thing. Yeah, yeah, 100. <laughs> nah, man, but um, listen, we have to start this one off properly because you, man, top of the league. What are we saying, man? That was a good game, Burnley. I thought that was a good game against Burnley. But um, what, what, was, what was your thoughts on the, on the game? I think for for me, because obviously I saw I saw bits and pieces of it, and then obviously the highlights. Well, look, it looked it looked solid. It looked like they had us under cosh a little bit to start with, and then just a, a number of decisions. I think it's the kind of game where usually United would get a VAR decision, a penalty. The you know um, what's his name, Robbie Brady would get a red card, but that didn't happen. But Pogba still turned up, and it's interesting that. He's not really getting much praise, but everybody's off his back. And that's these are the, the hoops that man has to jump through to to get get the walls off his back. So no, it was a good it was it was a good win, especially against a good team like Burnley, who get better in the second half of the of the season, typically. What are you saying, Jesse? Yeah, I agree, I agree man. Like especially especially the Pogba thing, because it's like one of them ones, it's like, you know, with your parents, yeah, where you're, you're, you're going for a good spell, you're being good, yeah, so they're just not saying nothing to you, but they're on your case when you're bad, in it? And <laughs> I think that's what it is with him, like, he, for about, since before Christmas now, he's just been on a run of, like, playing really well, and he's just, he's not really getting the same loud praise as he would be getting loud criticism, but... Yeah, overall, as the game as a whole, it was it was really stop start. It's kind of what Burnley probably wanted. You know, they didn't want to allow us to get into a rhythm to you know obviously like sustain the pressure on them. Mm. So I think all the VAR decisions helped them. They were even from the first half, they were kind of taking long to take throws and taking long to take goal kicks, and they were just trying to disrupt the whole rhythm of the game from the start. And they were just doing what they usually do, you know. They're solid at the back. Weirdly, for some reason, I felt like we was trying to play over the top too much and it's weird for a team like that because they're so good in the air. But, um, yeah, they, they just did what they did and eventually we got the goal. But in terms of the decisions, I thought the ref had a shocker in it. Like, I thought Luke Shaw gets the ball before... Um, he gets the man, so technically you could say that's not really even a yellow. It's a bit reckless, and then Brady should have been off. But and then Maguire's goal was a goal, you know. Mm. I thought that's quite mm. a soft decision to not give that. But you know, got the result. 
weren't the best performance, but you know, mirrors what we've been going through for the last few weeks. They're just grinding the results out and finding a way to get the win. Yeah, no, nah, I thought it was a good I thought it was a good game to watch as a neutral for me. And do you know what was mad? I thought because I don't think I don't think Burnley um had a shot on target until like stoppage time in the game. But even before then, I thought that I thought, it was, I thought it was a game that could have gone either way. And the the only reason I say that is because until, um, I know, I think um, I think Cavani had a good shot, a good chance in the first half. I think, um, I think Fernandes probably had a couple of chances and Martial in the first half as well. But I think the game changed when um, Rashford came on. Rashford changed the game for me. I thought he, I thought he, he made a difference and I agree with you Jesse I think I think the ref got a sh- well say the ref but I think VAR was a shocker I think it was just like a complete like car crash for like refs and VAR in that game because it was just a bit mad but I thought I think that's it I think it kind of it makes sense you know like you, you were grinding out the results anyway before um, the Burnley game and 1-0 three points that's all, that's all that matters at the, the end of the day that's what the end result is isn't it like you get three points it doesn't matter whether it took a deflection. He still got the three points at the end of the day. That's the, that's the main thing. Did you did you mean um, Greenwood? Because Rashford started. Sorry, yeah, Greenwood, Greenwood. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. I thought that too when he came on. That like, he did make a difference because yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rashford. It was one of the games that he had. He, he was poor yesterday, but it was only he ain't been poor that much lately. It's just it was just a one-off bad game for him. But he won't really do nothing. He's he's really uncomfortable when he plays on the right. This seems like sometimes he didn't really know what he's meant to be doing out there. But I think it was the same for a few of the players, really. Martial wasn't really great either. Um, Cavani was quiet. He's got good movement at some points in the game, but he was quiet as well. But yeah, it's just one, it was just one of them results. He just grinded it out. I think um, three, three players have impressed me from the bits I saw from the, the United game uh, yesterday, but also a few of the other games. Um, I think Cavani is, like you said, he's quiet, but his energy is good and his movement's good and he'll always get a chance. It's a sign, obviously, his experience and whatever. Um, he knows you know, he knows where to be, knows how to find the back of the net. But the, the one is, there's one decision that Oli's got to make, which I'm going to come to in a moment, that's going to define a lot. Of, in, in regard to where United finished, but don't know about you, um, Jesse and Theo, but Luke Shaw has been—he's—he's he's played well, and I've noticed there's a bit of a a nasty streak with him. Even with that um, that tackle that he made, remember he was like pulling out of them tackles. He wasn't really getting stuck in, but I've seen him charging forward. He seems like he's a little bit fitter, but it's more like keeping his foot in. And um, what do you call it? Um, Bye. So when Linda loves back. Because clearly Bailly is the best defender at the club and that partnership with Maguire, no, no one is going to want to go out for headers. So they're not going to try and play over the top like they do with Lindelof. And he's got the pace to, to help Maguire out. I think it's a helpful partnership. But th- those, those, are, those are the three players that have impressed me. In, in obviously, with Cavani was out suspended, but definitely Bailly and Shaw have, have been impressive. I don't, know, I don't know what you man think. Yeah, I agree. And... Um... It's for different reasons. Well, obviously, we always, we always knew with Bailly that he was the best out of the three of our best options to play centre-back. It's just that Oli, for some reason, he prefers uh, Lindelof. <laughs> but it's, it's clear as day 
even little things, even in the Burnley game, there was once, I think Barnes gets in behind and he's, um, Baye's just got the pace and acceleration to just get there and and sort it out and just mm. clean up. But, um, do you know, I think it is with Luke Shaw. I think the improvement has, he's been really good the last like couple of months, man. But it's what I said to you for ages. He just needed competition. I think because mm. Tellers is breathing down his neck and mm. Tellers is a good left back as well. It's just woken him up and it's like, okay, I've got to fix up now. And because he's doing all the things that he should have been doing ages ago, you know, mm. running beyond the winger, getting crosses in, he's overlapping, he's making sure he gets back. And he's just, yeah, you know, he's stopping counters. He, he is, he's playing well. He's definitely playing well. And I'd, I'd, I'd add, sorry, sorry, I'd add, um, I'd add Maguire to that as well, to be quite honest with you. Mm, that's I feel like he's, He's been playing well lately, and I've been on his case a lot, like in the past. But he's had a good few um, weeks as well, good, consistent amount of games where he's played really well. Yeah, no, I agree with that as well. And I think, I think it's different this season. I know, like a lot of people, including myself, gave social like the ban on online and whatever, whatever. But I feel like, and I'm not saying he's the, um, I'm not saying he's the perfect fit for United, but. When you look at the stats, and I think what is this, um, like nine wins in the eleven, or something like that, in eleven Premier League games, and you haven't been, I mean, I don't think you've been top of the league at this point in the season since two thousand twelve. Yeah, yes, yeah, since Fergie. So I think it's a, I think as much as people banter and say Ollie at the wheel and all this kind of stuff, you know, the the, the players are playing for him at the moment, and mm. I think that's that that's key. That you can see that throughout the football that the, the you know the players are playing. You know, they're playing for the manager now. And a couple of months ago, they weren't doing that. Heads were down. The morale, you could tell the morale was a bit shit at the club. And mm. I don't know what's happened, but something's turned around. And you can you can definitely see that. But um, what, what are you guys thinking? Are you, are, you, are you saying six points if you beat Liverpool on Sunday? I was saying to Jesse the other night that mentally that can play that can play into your hands because I think if you go six points clear, you know, Liverpool think, raw, you know, six points is a, a, it's not a lot, but, you know, you talk about six points, it's still a big gap. That's two yeah, games. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not convinced United will get a result against Liverpool. And I think if it goes to six points, we'll see. And none of them guys have been in that, in that space. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be entertaining to watch and see how it unfolds. Yeah, I think more than likely might be a draw. But um I think it's like I said to you on Tuesday, I think it's really dependent on his selection, like what Kieran just said as well. Like if he goes by your Lindelof, if it's a back three or a back five, all these things are like they sound small, but they're big factors because we're gonna be under the cush, like for most parts of that game. And it's going to be the counter. They play a high line and if our players aren't in the right positions to counter, which they would be if we played a back four, but not really necessarily in a back three, then it makes a difference. So we just have to see what he does because he makes, you know, he does really well like nine and 11. And then when it comes to a really important game, he makes like some really weird decisions, you know, like even, you know, in the cup match, he's resting Bailly and playing Lindelof and then, he plays by in against Watford, and you think that don't make sense, you know. So we have to see what what team he selects in the formation. 
final question from me to like wrap wrap the United uh, segment up. But do you guys consider yourselves in the title race? In terms of, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a serious question. No, no, to, no, no, no. We, we laugh at it, but at the same time, when Leicester were top of the league at one point, people laughed at the same point and they won the league. So, and I'm not saying that you're a Leicester, but out of the three, you're the underdogs in it. Out of Leicester, um, out of City and Liverpool, you'd be the underdogs. So, I think what are we saying? You, you, you're in the title race. For me, no. We're not halfway yet. And we'll know by the 30th of January once we played Arsenal. Because the rest of the month, we've got Arsenal-Liverpool away. And then we've also got to play Fulham and Sheffield United. If we can come out of that and be about two or three points off top spot, then we're in a title race. Otherwise, I, I, I don't see that happening personally. What are you saying, Jesse? You agree or not? Um... I think I think a lot derives on that game on Sunday, which is I know that sounds mad, but I think six points is a, is a big gap, man. And I feel as though if you get a win there, and it's not just it's not just the six points, it's beating Liverpool, it's a way, it's the confidence that it brings to the team and it to everyone. They they would feel like they go away to Anfield and get the win, they'll feel like they can actually do it, and I think mentally it, it'll bring a shift to a lot of the players that haven't done that before. So. I think it's dependent on that because if everyone's chasing you and you're six points clear, it's, it's a different ball game, man. But it's, it, Sunday's a big ask, man. It's a big ask. So it, I, for me, it's just dependent on that result. If it's a draw, then we're in the same place. And if you drop points against Fulham midweek and then you got that Arsenal game at the end of the month we could be fourth or fifth by that point if we don't get a result on Sunday so we have to just see what happens on Sunday yeah man I agree with I agree with both of you I think, I think it's going to be a tough game but I think at the same time I think if you go if you go into that game with the mentality that you can beat Liverpool which I think you can then anything's possible man and I think yeah I think anything's possible six points is a lot and mentally, in the Liverpool players' minds as well, if you go six points ahead, that's going to start creeping a bit of doubt into their minds, isn't it? So mm. it, we've, we've seen it with other teams in the past where, you know, the, the gap starts opening up a little bit and then, you know, it, it sort of goes on. But be interesting on Sunday, man. And I know we're going mm. to preview that game later in, in this episode. But yeah, man, I think it's going to be a good game and I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Moving on to, to Sheffield and Newcastle, I think it was 1-0. Sheffield's first three points of the game, of the season. Um, it was mad because I think they only they only um, named seven subs out of nine. So it kind of tells you that they're on the, the brink of like... Last legs, isn't it? Yeah, last legs kind of scenario. But they played well. They got, they got the result. I think it was a penalty from uh, Billy Shaw. But... Um, what, what was your thoughts on the game? I think, for Sheffield United point of view, I think like I was saying before, they haven't played that bad. I still think they'll go down. But if they can grab a goal scorer in January, get a little loan, I see some few teams like Newcastle and like Brighton will come to them later, but I feel like they're going to have to look over their shoulder. For me, Newcastle in a lot of trouble. They're playing a team that had two points and that penalty was a shambles. The way they conceded that was like the, the, it was like watching chuckle vision. It was a mess. So yeah, 
But let's see. I hope Sheffield United get a couple more wins just to, to heat up the, the relegation battle. What are you saying, Jesse? You agree? Yeah, I, I think Sheffield uh, United played well against Newcastle. You know, they kept the ball well. They put a lot of pressure on them and created a lot of chances. Um, and I think, yeah, what Kieran said is the truth, man. The, the amount of chances that they created, if they had a striker, they, they could make this a bit, a lot more closer than it actually is right now. And I think that's the only difference. If they can get, I don't know, man, what's happening with Giroud and, and that situation, but if they can get someone like him on loan with the way that they're playing, he, he, he will get a few goals and it, it could turn the tide for them a little bit, man. But that's, I think that's what they're missing at the moment. As one thing I'd never question them of, they're not, they ain't lacked work for it all season. They've worked hard. They're all fighting for each other. Um, they're not throwing a manager under the bus or anything like that. None of them have switched off. It's just, it's just not really worked out for them this season, you know. But I do think if they got a striker like what Kieran said, I agree with that, could make it a bit, you know, a bit more of a fight for them. But they played well, but Newcastle did what they've been doing all season as well. They just sat back and they invited pressure and, you know, it was a shambles of a penalty to concede. But even if it wasn't the penalty, Sheffield United, you know, missed loads of chances. Mm-hmm. So it, Newcastle didn't deserve to get anything out of that game. Yeah, and no, I agree with both of you. I think the way, when I seen the um, the Newcastle team sheet, it was very defensive. And for for a manager that's out of the EFL or the Carabao Cup, whatever it's called these days, um, the FA Cup, they're out of that as well. Um, they're not really playing that well. You'd think you're going to throw all your eggs in one basket and just try and make sure that you stay in the Premier League. Um, and yeah, they were just very defensive. I don't think they've, I don't think they've won since... Um, December, probably at mid-December, 12th of December, I think it was West Brom. You know, they haven't really haven't really played well since then. They have obviously won. Um, and with both managers under a lot of pressure, with Chris Wilder and, and Steve Bruce as well, you'd think that both managers, and fair credit to um, Sheffield United, because they, they, you know, they picked up their first three points and they played well. I thought they played okay. Um I just think for, for Steve Bruce, man, what do you think? Do you think he's in in, in the deep water section with Lampard and them, man? Obviously, <laughs> for different, no, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like do you feel like Steve Bruce is like he's done enough that he can do at Newcastle? I think the fans, when you go on social media, the fans are sort of they're wanting him out. Obviously, they mm-hmm. still have the, the thing with uh, Mike Ashley as well. well he lives in all of that? he lives in deep waters. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's been there from the time he got the job. Like them fans can't stand him. Like, yeah. They've never liked him. They never wanted him. They loved Rafa. They just wasn't having him from the start. Like so, it doesn't. I don't think whatever he done was never going to be enough for them anyway. Unless he won the trophy, they weren't. They're just not having him. Like he finished mid table, didn't he? And it was Still fortunate. Him. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of fortunate as well. And even this season, it don't really look like there's a plan. It kind of is just like, they're there because they've got enough players just about. But if any of them teams, like like we were just saying with Sheffield United or Brighton, Fulham, these teams, like especially Fulham, they've hit a slight resurgence. If these teams wake up and really make this a fight, Newcastle might be in trouble because like, all them teams kind of look switched on at the moment. Even if, even when they're not getting a result, they still look like they can get a result. Whereas they're just kind of, I don't want to say winging it, but 
most of the times I've seen them play this season, it just looks like you were shocked that they scored. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's worrying for Steve Bruce and, and Newcastle because I think going back, like, I think, you know, they haven't, this is the first time that they've lost a game um, to the bottom team for six years. That you know, they're, strugg- they're struggling to, to find a win. You don't really, when you look at the Newcastle team, you know, you don't know where they're going to get another win from when you look at the team. And something's obviously going on with the, the manager, the, the, the fact that the owner, all that's still going on, that takeover thing that never happened, that's mm. still sour with a lot of fans. Because I think, that, you know, a lot of the fans would have took that. They would have said, yeah, mm. let some fresh blood come in and rejuvenate the club and do all of and those kind just, of things. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. He just gave him that dreaded, um, he's safe message. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, when the chairman comes out and says, "Yes, you know it's always coming once they do that." And yeah, and I think I think for that, I think for Newcastle as well, it comes down to discipline from the players. I think I think Fraser's red card was the silly. Um, it was a silly one. I think it was like the I, I think it was like the fortieth different player to be sent off by um, under Steve Bruce. So that tells you that there's a discipline issue at the club as well. And I'm not saying that's the factor for why they're where they are in the league, but I still think that that plays a part in it because, you know, I'm not saying Ryan Fraser is an important player um, for, for Newcastle to, to an extent he is, but at the same time as well, it just shows that there's a discipline issue um, at the club as well. Um, I just think it's I just think there's a catalogue of things that have been wrong for Newcastle for years. And we've seen it before when they went, went down as well. It's the same thing that's almost repeating history again. You know, the, the same mm. issues that were there then are the same issues that are in place now as well. No, a hundred. And I think Mike, Mike Ashley is Mike Ashley. And uh, as long as Newcastle seem to be safe, then yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't see Steve Bruce getting sacked anytime soon um, unless they go on like a seven or eight game losing run. But we will, I'm sure we'll do a, a more of a focus on any, on um, Newcastle at some point anyway, because it's always an interesting team to talk about. So, I think one of the only things I think for them that they might have over the teams around them is that Callum Wilson can score goals mm. and is scoring goals. Like he's got eight and fifteen, and there's not a lot of strikers down there that have got them kind of numbers. And that might that's that's the kind of thing that might be the slight difference for them, you know. But. Yeah, as I said at the start, man, these fans never had him from the start, man. They never mm. wanted him in charge. And yeah, they're in trouble. And I, I agree with what you just said. It's always, it always seems to be the same old things with them, you know. I think the only time I was kind of looking at them thinking they could kick on is when they had Raffle. Because yes, he was nullifying games sometimes and he was, he was just doing things to get results, but they didn't give him the money to spend that like mm. they've given Bruce right now. If they gave him that money, not to say that Newcastle spent badly. I like Jamal Lewis. Callum Wilson's a good signing. But, you know, if they gave this money to Rafa, you know, it could have been... The Joel Linton money, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. And you know what? They've got some tough games coming up. You know, they've got Arsenal next. Um, Villa's not going to be an easy game. They've got Leeds, Everton... Um, even Palace, Southampton, Chelsea, United, Wolves, West Brom. That's where we're out of all them teams. Maybe West Brom. It's the only one you're looking at, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, and that's in March. And, you know, so at that point, we could be talking about a team that's, you know, they're, they're, they're 
premiership status already almost been considered for them already. It's mm-hmm. already been decided for them. So they've got some tough games. And I, I, if I'm honest, I can't really see. I don't know whether Steve Bruce is going to last till then, but we'll have to see, man. I think it's um, the next couple of weeks, months are going to be interesting for Newcastle and, and the fans as well. I think, like you said, Jesse, I think the fans are the fans are ready to sort of drive him out of St. James's and let him have his big yeah. Yeah, they'll pack his bags for him. They'll go. They'll go there and just give him a hand. Like they they can't wait to get rid of him. Mm. They've already prepaid that taxi still. Yeah, uh, when he gets the call, pick him up. <laughs> that's, that's what they're on, basically. Right. What were you saying? Uh, Wolves Everton. Wolves Everton, man. No, I j- listen. This game, obviously, I have to try and stay neutral when I talk about Everton because they're my second team, kind of thing in it. But yeah, man, they played well the other night. They 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 played very very well, very well actually. And I don't know what's happened to Wolves. I know they've got a couple of injuries, obviously like Jimenez and a couple of other players are out as well. But Everton didn't have um, Richarlison starting. They never had Calvert Lewin. Can I can I um, ask you can I ask you man a question? Sorry to cut in. What what are no. Everton like? Well, maybe maybe for you at the moment, Phil. Because I can't figure out are they are they going to finish top six? Are they going to mid table? Are they going to push for the top? Like what what's going on? I think I've, I've always said at the start of the season, you got to remember Ancelotti is a, a manager that's he's proven across Europe, right? And I'm not saying they're going to win a trophy or going to win they're going to get top four, none of that. But I think at the the most. Uh, that teammate he's got now, mm. they should be pushing for Europa. They should be pushing. I'm not saying they're going to make it, but mm. that should be their ultimate aim for this season is to try and at least get Europa. I think they can do that. It's, it's, it's achievable. It's not. It's not out of line. It's not way people say. It and they're looking at David Moyes. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. Sanchez, he's got a team. He's built a little team now. The only thing that I think will stop them from ever achieving anything is Pickford. That that team is set up like Luca Dina the other day, the other night. Brilliant player. And for me, um, even the middle, the core is a bit like he's a bit hot headed, he lunges in a bit, but at the same time he gets the job done. Um obviously Rodriguez, you know, they've got a little team there, and there's a couple of people like Tom Davis, I think who's a bit, you know. And Charlie must be looking at him thinking, okay, we need to get a replacement in for you, you know, get someone else that can play that place. Ben Godfrey, brilliant player, brilliant mm, signing. Mm. That kind of players there, they're gonna make you, they're gonna push you, they're gonna play for you, they're gonna play for Ancelotti because he's a he's a proven manager. But um I thought on based on the game, I thought they played well. Even when, you know, it looked like they weren't gonna win the game, it's gonna be a draw. Mm. Everton normally would put their heads down, they'd play for the point. They went for the win. They went for the three points as well. So I was impressed. And and the last thing I'll say on this, like, for, for now is that Awobi, <laughs> I feel like I, I couldn't call him a woeful on the game. Like, normally he's a woeful, in it? But he played well mm. in that game. He played well. He took the goal well. He played well. Do you think he's been playing well lately, though? I feel like he's in a good frame of, good vein of form. Yeah. You you're he reminds me of um, when Victor Moses had that resurgence at Chelsea. I feel like that's the kind of season he's having this season. It depends what like, you're watching. Because I think I think the last game I saw him play, he was, he was playing wing back, and they've been playing, they've been switching from a back three, haven't they? Mm. Uh, every time I've seen him lately, he looks like he's he's been having good games. 
It depends. Like he has moments. If you watch him during the game, oh sorry, sorry. If you watch him during match of the day, they're probably going to show you the best bits. But you watch ninety minutes, there's bits where you think, "Raw, oh, no." Do you know what I mean? You know, like they're kind of no. You know what I mean? No, like they also shows you the best bits of someone, and you think, "Raw, oh, he played well." But then you watch them. Like if I watched, if I only watched the highlights of the Spurs game last night, I would have thought, "Raw, oh, Harry, Harry Kane had a good game." I didn't think he had a good game. If I'm honest, so there's. I get what you're saying, though. He's definitely, I think he's def from the, the moment he got there, he's definitely been playing a lot better. Um, sorry, Awobi, he's been playing a lot better, but I think there's still parts of his game that I don't think he'll ever achieve now because he's at the age where he should have already been doing that. Do you know what I mean? When he was at Arsenal and them times as well. But he took the goal well, man. And I think, again, it goes back to probably Ancelotti, the way that he's, I agree. Like, his, his team that's around him, uh, minus Duncan Ferguson, but you know what I'm saying? Them mm. kind of, the Ancelotti effect is obviously in full effect now, but um, no, man, it was a good game and I enjoyed that game. And I thought Everton were, were deserving, deserving of the win. I thought they played well. Where were they now? Fourth? Well, it might have changed tonight. They're joined, yeah, they, well, I think they'll stay so fifth now on 32, but Leicester and Man City, third and fourth, are also on 32 points. So, And Tottenham are just below to, uh, on 30. So it's, yeah. it's tight. Yeah, man. What was your thoughts on the game? Anyway, what was your, your thoughts on the Wolves and Everton game? Again, I didn't I didn't watch the whole game, um, admittedly. I think Wolves played well and it's interesting. And I think Jesse might be a better judge of this, but um, Ruben Neves, I'm more focused on, on Wolves now, but I've seen obviously Jimenez is, disappear- is, is obviously um, injured and, and I, I don't know if he'll be back this season, but Neves seemed to be stepping up a little bit because I think probably he's he's the best player that they've got in the squad at the moment so it'll be interesting to see who steps up um, but they, they did their usual like they were they were good at on, on set pieces um, they got, you know the bits I saw they were good on the ball they attacked well um, I'm not too sure about the striker at the moment I can't remember his name but Silva Silva yeah I think he, yeah, need, he, need, he needs some time I don't think he's going to he's going to be a um, amazing this season but again I think you man know a bit more about him but yeah they're, they're on 22 points at 14th I think they, they're going to be in and around that area I don't I don't see them pushing for Europe but they're not going to be in a relegation but either I think I think it was a obviously Everton played well yesterday and um, it, they did do really well but I think it's a time for Wolves are struggling man they're, they're missing some key players right now and I feel like you can see that in the way that they're playing man because even yesterday, no podents yesterday. Obviously, Jimenez is injured. Traore has been poor all season, but you know he was missing as well. And yeah, but I agree with what you said about Silver as well. He's 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 a good signing. It's a good long term signing, but he's not going to really do it this season. And he's still acclimatizing to probably the league and the pace of it and the physicality of it. And when he when he gets up up to speed, because some players it takes longer than others, doesn't it? And mm. You know, when he does, I think he'll be obviously a good signing. But they're they're badly missing Jimenez because, you know, they're used to playing under pressure. And then once they hit him, you know, it sticks, doesn't it? And he's a good player as well. So once you play into him, he holds it up and he can link up with, with, you know, the other wingers around him and the other players around him. And that allows Wolves to usually get out and then create chances. And because they don't have that focal point at the moment, I think that's why they're struggling Mm. You know, and then other players, like, as like well. I said, 
yeah, but I feel like it's mainly Jimenez. And mm. because, and with Traore as well, he was a lot better last season than he is this season. He, has, he ain't scored this season, he hasn't got an assist. Um, he's not really he scored even, one. Didn't he score the other day? Or was that in the FA Cup? No, yeah, it must have been in the FA Cup. He hasn't yeah, scored in the league. Yeah, you know, no assists either. And I think he, he just looks like someone that's been slightly figured out, really. Like, because once you stop him or nullify the pace, I know he didn't play yesterday, but like in talking about him in general for Wolves, I think, yeah, he's got to add a bit more to his game now because mm. can't just kick and run and it's, it's not going to get you out of trouble. You know, mm. he needs to find his form and confidence back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's like we said the other night, Jesse, when we were talking and you were saying, I think, I'm hoping it's the same conversation I was finished that night, but um, we were talking about obviously when players lose their pace and then they're just really nothing. You kind of, exp- they're, they're exposed in it. You don't really see, you see the real player when they haven't got the pace. And I kind of feel that's, I don't want to put Triori in that, that category because I think he has got a bit about him and he's definitely a, a good footballer. I just don't think his end product is good when it comes to delivering balls into the box or even getting into the box. To And that's the only thing that's letting him down at the moment. But if you look at him, and I know they're two different players, but just I think um, going back to Luca Dino with the, I think, I can't remember how many assists he's got. I think it's 16 this season. You know, like... Um, Sorry, not this season. So uh, it's from 2019, I think it is. I like that. Um, so I think Luca Dino, that it shows you that he's got the full package. And I think Wolves are in trouble. I'm not saying they're going to get in the drop zone or nothing like that. But I just think, you know, they haven't, they've lost five of the last eight. That's that's a lot of games to kind of, when you think about Wolves where they were last season, even the season before that, you know, they were, they were playing good football. And I think they've, they, I think they've really lost um, in Diego Jao, to me, that just doesn't make sense. That was a really strange, um, like loss for them. It, yeah, like why would you sell someone to bring a Fabio Silva who isn't really? He's going to be a brilliant player at some point. I, you can just see it. I've watched him for when he was at um, Porto. He's a good player, but I just think why would you bring someone in who? potentially isn't ready to play in the Premier League when you kind of need someone to play in the Premier League. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I feel like I feel like Everton are going to be sixth, seventh, sorry, sixth, fifth, maybe fourth. Uh, well, I think it is with Wolves. I, I think the injuries that they've got, obviously losing Jota was massive, but they probably looked at it like they looked at Podence and Neto and and obviously they still had him in this. They were probably looking at it like that would be enough goals-wise. And if Jimenez didn't get injured, it probably would have been enough because, you know, Podence is young, but he looks like a talent. Like, he looks like a quality player, man. And, you know, without Jota, it's more games for Neto now. So they probably looked at that and thought, we've got enough here. And especially with the addition of Fabio Silva as well. But, yeah, I think that's a, it's a big injury for them. And um, and I think it's a bit similar what we what we've said about, you know, teams that, like what we said about City before we came on. I mean, when you have two, three, two good seasons in a row and you're going at 100 pounds an hour and putting in 100%, you're going to have that dip off that season that, you know, you're not firing on all cylinders, the injuries catch up with you, confidence is lacking in some players. And I think that's what they're going through right now. 
Yeah, man, I agree, man. And, and, and a nice little segue into the the next uh, game, City Brighton. I thought that was. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't watch this game because uh, I can't remember what they were, I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I watched the highlights and um, it was a typical City performance, man. I thought they they churned out the result, uh, Phil Foden, um, obviously Kevin De Bruyne assist. I thought it was a good one, but I think. What's your thoughts on on C in terms of how they've kind of got through their little dip in form? They seem to have found a bit of momentum again. I watched them in the um, the FA Cup against Birmingham. I know it's Birmingham, but it looked like the old C against them and you know the pressure, the constant pressing, that kind of Pep style of football was back. And I thought from watching the Brighton highlights, I thought that was the same as well. Go for it, Jesse. Go on. I know, I know you like a bit of City, a bit of Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> Listen, he's been amazing, but I'll get to him in a second. I think what it is with City, what we said before we came on, I think the only thing missing from them last season, they scored a lot of goals last season. I think they was the... You'd have to, I'd have to check, but I think they scored the most goals in the league last season. I think they scored more than Liverpool. But I think... The main problem for them was obviously the defence. And I think that's the difference this season. I think Bruno D- um, Ruben Diaz has been a brilliant signing. He's he's hit the ground running and he looks like mm. a proper Premier League top-level centre-back. And coinciding with John Stones' return to really good form. I wouldn't even say return to form. I don't think he's ever played at this level before. He's improved. You know? mm. He's improved a lot. And I think I was saying to Theo before, I think it's just down to him actually getting a run of games now. I don't think he's ever had... We'd have to check, but I I can't remember the last time I've seen him play this many games in a row. And obviously, he's fortunate because at the start, it was due to injury. But he's taken it by the scruff of the neck and he's been quality, man. And I think that's that's one of the main differences. And because they've been so good at centre-back, you have to remember last season, Rodri and Fernandinho playing centre-back sometimes. That means there's no holding midfielders. So now they're back in their positions. Rodri's looking solid in, you know, at DM. Fernandinho's mm-hmm. playing here and there because of due to age or whatever. So they've both been playing well in their roles, and that's just the foundation. So allow City to play their game and push high up the pitch because they've got them four or five players that can sit back, defend, stop counters, you know, professional fouls to break the game up, and then. Allows you to bring us to be doing what he's doing because he's been amazing this season as well. You know, wherever he plays, whether it's in the midfield three, on the wing, <laughs> false nine, you know, he's he's at the he's at the thick of everything, man. And I've got a quick shout out for Phil Foden as well because <laughs> it's your boy. He's kicking, he's kicking my boy. <laughs> Listen, what <clears throat> oh, sorry. He's been quality as well in the games that he has played. He hasn't got a lot of football this season, but when he has been called upon, mm. he's doing the business and he's developing well, man. It looks, it's starting to look like he made, they've they've handled him well and maybe Pep was right in in the amount of football that he's been it's giving him because yeah. he's phased him slowly. He's increased the football slowly, taking the pressure off him, what you know the, the media wanted to put on him. Pep's taken it all off him by his selection and his use of him. And I think he's he's playing really well, man. He looks like a threat when he's on the ball. He's always in space. 
off the ball. He's always in pockets. Defensively works hard. You know, he's improving really well, man. He's looking like he's he might actually fulfil his potential. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. I think he's a I think he's a quality player and you can still see it in the style of football. And I think you're right. I think Pep caught onto that early in terms of um, staggering the amount of football he was playing, not to get burnt out and all of that. And I know there was talk of him going on loan. Um, I think it was the start of last season or one of the seasons. I think he was meant to be going out on loan, but Pep wanted him in the team to learn. Obviously, the City way, the Guardiola way as well. But mm. I think uh, another thing as well, and it's very similar to Liverpool, you know, City have lost a lot of key players throughout the season. I think Edison's been out, Walker's been out, um, Jesus has been out at some point, Aguero's been out. I think he's still out now. I think he's self-isolating. Mm. Um, so, they've, you know, you, you both have mentioned it in, it in the past about they've got like two teams. You know, they can play one team and then bring on a Sterling or they can bring on, I don't know, um, yeah, it, you know, they've got players that they can bring on mm. that are impact players that, you know, in most Premiership teams will be starting. They'd have been in the first eleven, but I think Sterling, Jesus, and them kind of players can they can change games. And I think you know City for me. I think City are the closest ones to the league this season, and I'm going to go out there and say that now. Um, I think City, obviously Liverpool, United, they're all up there. Um, but I just feel like City this season, especially after last season as well. I feel like they're, they're the team that they look like the old uh, City team that were winning stuff and not not letting stupid goals in and not doing. Do you know what I mean? They're not doing that anymore. And like you said, John Stones has finally got a run of games as well behind him. Ruben Diaz looks looks decent. So uh, yeah, I can I can see them. I can see them if not winning the lead, they're definitely going to push whoever's top to the very wire of the league, and they're not going to be like a Liverpool last season it's going to be to the wire but just wanted to talk about Brighton as well man because I feel like they're struggling obviously they I don't think they've I don't think they've won since November I'm sure it was Villa 2-1 November or something like that um, but you know they're a team that I think have they've always been hovering above that kind of safety kind of net of staying in the league and kind of stuff and I always feel like they've never really got over or maybe I've never really got over the way that they treated um, <laughs> Chris Hutton yeah treated them bad and I've never really got over me and you both so I feel like I feel kind of like they've, the team's never really been the same and when you think back to how they were playing under him under Chris it was a different style of football they were winning games they were taking teams on whereas this team's very I don't know, like very defensive. Like I don't think they had a shot on target until the second half against C. And I know it's C, but still, you know, you expect a bit more from the team. Um, so yeah, man. What, what what's your thoughts on Brighton? Man, you think you think they're struggling? You think they, they might go down, or are they going to be all right? Look, there's no there's no shame in losing one or to City, yeah. Um, but they aren't they're in trouble. Um, their keeper had a blinder. Like he played, re- I know, I think he made a mistake for the penalty uh, and then standing skied it. No, he played well. He made a lot no, of mistakes. Oh, yeah. So I think, like I said to you guys before we did the little review, I think they're too, they're too nice. They, they do score goals but, and they haven't got the worst defence. I think they've got some really good defenders. I think they're a team that 
this one's going to be big for them. Just looking at their fixtures, they've got Leeds next, which is which ain't going to be an easy game. Then they've got Fulham at home, and they've got Spurs at home. I'm not saying they should be beating Spurs by any means, but it's a winnable game given Spurs' dip in form. The same as United. If if they're not if they if they're not getting points from those games, they're going to be in big big trouble. And um, it's weird because their squad, if they keep their squad together, they'll win the league, the championship if they go down next season. But also they could sell a lot of their players. But uh, I I I genuinely think that they're going to get sucked into that. Fulham, even I see West Brom going down, but even Sheffield United, if they grab one or two little little wins, I don't I don't know where Brighton's wins are going to come from. They've won two games all season. It's crazy. Yeah, and I just I, I I agree, and I still think the bottom three would be um, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United. But they are the only other team that I could see definitely getting dragged into it because they're just not getting results. I don't feel as though he knows his best team either. Um, he's he's switching formations a lot, isn't he? And mm-hmm. you know, back three and a diamond, then five in midfield, and I mean he's making too many changes. Mm. Um, and if you just look at them generally, even how he was last season under him, because how many seasons has he been there now? Is it two or three seasons? Two. This is, this is second. Yeah. Second. And even you know last season, they, you know they they sacked Hooten because they wanted to be a football inside and wanted to play better football and move away from just scraping to stay in the league and they haven't you know, they play better football but they're in exactly the same positions as they was under Hooten really like they're not they kicked on they're not they haven't ever finished comfortably mid-table you know they've always been down there and it's always been till the second or the last game of the season that they've survived you know and I thought they signed, you know, they they tried to sign experience in, you know, Welbeck and Lallana and, you know, these type of players. And I I like Trossard. I like, Mm. you know, some of the players that they signed. As I said, I like Basuma. You know, I like Lamptey. Lamptey's been injured as well. They missed him when he was injured. But, yeah, I could see them getting dragged into it because they just don't look like... They just don't look like they can get a win, you know? Mm. Yeah, and no, I agree, man. I agree. But, yeah, I still got them to go down. I don't think they've got enough about them to, to stay up in the league. Might be wrong. And Brighton fans might, might bash me for that one, but I feel like they're not, they're not really, they're not really playing the football that's going to keep them in the league. And like you said, like we said, all, all, all like season so far, a lot of teams are going to pick up injuries. They're going to pick up a lot of, there's a lot of games coming up, up, up as well. So, yeah, man, I think I think they're gonna struggle, if I'm honest. And yeah, they should have just stuck with with what they knew already. Because like, to be fair, when you change certain things, it doesn't always work for you, innit? and it's kind of showing now. It's, it's it's like exposed for them to see, but we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. But last night, Spurs Fulham. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> That's a rude uh, laugh, boy. He's sitting at the top, then. Uh, do you know what? We we need to we need to start this proper actually this one because this one made me laugh. Yes, exactly. Spurs, fans, Spurs fans thought they had this in the bag before the game kicked off, and mm. 
and it was a mad game. I don't know if you man watched it, but it was a mad game. So I'm gonna let you guys, I'm gonna let one of you man talk about it first. But yeah, it was a mad game for me still. It's a mad one because <laughs> I watched it and they had a, they created a lot of chances. Son missed about two or three good chances hit the post. Um, and they, when you when you think about it, they created enough chances in the first half to have, um, to have comfortably won the game. And uh, it's, it's the same same old rhetoric with Mourinho. He'll come out and say that, and he'll say that we created enough chances to win the game in the first half, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets to the second half, and then what he does is he just reverts the type. And he thinks, all right, we're not going to... We've had a lot of chances... We're not going to get this second goal, so let's just sit back. And it's the same thing that always happens with his teams. It's that that result happened at United so many times. We drew mm-hmm. we drew so many games one one for the exact in the exact same manner as that game yesterday because you then start the team starts to drop off and sit off and get deeper and deeper, and then Fulham are creating chances, going for it, you know. And you could see the goal was coming because it's. It's just happened so many times with his teams. It's, mm-hmm. it's happened. It's, it's not even the first time it's happened this season, you know. Because they've dropped points. His Newcastle they, 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 was one of them. Yeah, you know, and it's the same old rhetoric where go and get. You got to get that second goal, especially in a season like this. You know, just go, go, make sure you get the win. And it's different because I know City won one nil, but City had loads of chances and they didn't stop creating chances. They didn't, you know, take their foot off the gas against Brighton. They went for it until the last minute and, they, you know, they kept the ball after that. But Jose, he just lets it, you know, they just start to sit off and get deeper and deeper and invite the pressure. Yeah, it's facts. And I think you'd like to think that, that Jose's evolved a little bit and he probably has, but there's a pattern, isn't there? When he, when he does that with elite, players like your John Terry's, Carvalho's, your Lucio's, I can't remember who else he had alongside him at, at Inter, but yeah, you can, you can play for one though, because you've got, you've got like, the world's best centre-backs, but Spurs didn't have bad centre-backs and, and United's ones were okay at best, but you, you can't do that. And um, yeah, they, 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 they got what they got in that, but listen, Spurs will always be Spurs, yeah, but they are, they're two points off third and there's only six points off the top. Everybody's played the same games. So it's a weird one. Let's say United and Liverpool draw and Spurs win. They're, they're, they're one point behind Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Four points behind United at top or, or City, depending on obviously who, who wins what. So I'm interested to see how it's going to unfold. Um, what's this? Jose's. This is Jose's first full season, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So it's next season is the collapse. So he might still do bits this season. You know, when uh, he's got the the the, the League Cup final, and I think most of us or a couple of us were saying that they might win the Europa as well. So I think he's got a trophy in him, but it'll be next season when he when he doesn't get like, um, you know, like Mbappe or all the world class players he needs to win the league. He's gonna start throwing his toys out of pram and sabotaging pre season, and then you'll see it. So. It's a mad result, but they've only lost three. They're still in touch and distance, I think. Let's let's see. They they always be entertaining to watch, and you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that's it as well. I think they are. They're definitely entertaining. 
But I just think, like Jesse said, I think the game should have been wrapped up in the first half. I thought Son, yeah, he had about, he must have had about three chances in the first half. He hit the post in the second half. Harry Kane could have slipped it into him twice in the second half. Mm-hmm. Did he hit the post? Did you say? Yeah, he had a free header in the second half. He was offside, but he wasn't to know that at the time. So, mm-hmm. And it's just little things like that. I thought, I thought Fulham, I thought Fulham were a better team in the second half. I thought the subs that Scott Parker made were, were like crucial, brilliant subs. Do you know what I mean? Like when he brought on Kamara, brought on Adamona Lookman, they're two players that like changed the game for Fulham because one is is fast. He's a bit like the um, like a true scenario, but obviously um, Kamara's got everything about him, whereas um, Chore doesn't really have that. And Lookman, he's just a player that is a, such a he's a fast flair player. He can turn defenders inside out. He, mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the way he, the way he plays, really direct. Yeah, he would have been, and I can almost see why Scott Parker didn't start him. As mad as that sounds, because I think if you're getting bad three four nil, you probably don't bring him on. If you're one nil down, tired you might legs. Get a point. Yeah. You might think, right, okay, let's bring him on. And yeah, tired legs, bring him on fresh legs. You might be able to do something, and he did. And I thought, I thought that, the, yeah, I thought Spurs were, were. I don't know whether it was tiredness because he, he still filled quite a, um, a strong team against Marine on Sunday. I know the game, uh, obviously, they're both teams. I think um, Fulham played on Saturday, I think. So, um, Tottenham played on Sunday. Mm, yeah, it was, no, it was Sunday, but, I think. Yeah, but either way, um, you know, you got, you got Bale on a bit. I know, Bale, for me, Bale's finished, to be fair. I think he's I think he's done. I think he's just there to collect his money and be happy that he's back at Spurs. But you've still got Deli Ali, who played really well on Sunday, on the bench, and for me, bring on um, Eric Lamelo. Just it just didn't make sense to me in the game. Do you know what I mean? That like, there was there was there was things in that game that I just thought this is typical Jose. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got you've got players on there that might actually change the game for you, but you're going to bring on Eric Lamelo. That I don't think I can't remember how many stars he's had this season, but it can't be many. It must be a handful of games that he started or even featured in in the Premiership. So it was just a weird game and. Yeah, man, like you both have touched it, touched it already. But yeah, Josie's very sort of, he has that third season where he kind of... Um, it implodes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he just, he just did like everything just like destructs and just chaos. So that might happen next season. And we already know how Tottenham stay. They don't really spend too much money. So we'll have to see, man. But yeah, I think I think they'll still be thereabouts. It's, it's Josie, he's a, he's a winner. I think obviously they're still in the Carabao Cup final. They've got a lot to play for this season still, so it's going to be interesting. Can we? Um, I, think, um, I was going to say just quickly. Oh, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say I agree with what Kieran said earlier. That right at the start, whereas what, he's had teams where he can do the one nil thing because they're legendary defenders with excellent discipline and attention <laughs> and mm. composure in defending and. You know, the the first Chelsea back four, the t- the back four, or not even just the back four, he had about six or seven very good defenders at Inter that he could even rotate and nothing changed. And that that, that team could win 1-0. They could survive and sustain, handle sustained pressure and, and not bulk at it. He's not had that ever since. He didn't have that at Real Madrid. 
didn't have it at Chelsea the second time and he didn't have it at United and he tried to still play that way. And it's like he hasn't realised that sometimes you've got to move slightly away from the way you want to play if you don't have the players to do that. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true, man. It's true, but... Yeah, man, I still think they'll, I still think they'll be there about come the end of the season. I think Josie is one of them, them managers that I don't know how he does it, but he's still... You, even when he, he you know it's how to, to win yeah. when he got to Spurs where were they they were like what 6th, 7th maybe even 8th maybe even less than that I think they were lower in the league and they still qualified I know there was reasons for that Corona and all, all the other stuff but yeah man I still think they'll I still think they'll they'll be okay man they'll do it man but some big games coming up at the weekend there is, before 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 we move on, I've got to give a quick shout out though to the Fulham keeper. I don't know how they got him on loan. I think Ariola, but he is he's levels. Yeah, yeah. if Everton need to go in for him, that 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 will work well. That's what I, that's what I said though when we was recording the mid season one year. There, there's a lot of players at Fulham that you just think, why are they at Fulham? Like there's a, there's quite a few of them, mm-hmm. and he's definitely one of them because he's a very very good goalkeeper. Yeah, you, you looked at yesterday, he pulled off some saves where you just thought if that was like, yeah, even like a Pickford, even Kepa, that would have been going in. Like easy would have been going in. But yeah, man, I think I think they'll, I think they'll be okay though. And, and to be fair, I think Fulham, if they carry on the way they are, obviously they'll, they'll be fine as well. I think Scott Park's got playing a bit of football, um, very similar to like Solskjaer. The, the players have suddenly start, like, started to play for him. So I think, I think they'll be okay. Um. Yeah, man. But weekend, man. Got the Black Country derby. Big game. Wolves West Brom. That's a big Shame game, man. man. I don't know it's if you might know this. You, you, Jesse, because you, yeah. you like, you've been local in it, and obviously, Kieran, I've, worked, I've, worked. I've been to one of them as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm same here. I went to the Hawthorns one, though, not the the Molyneux one. I went to the Hawthorns, <laughs> but. But yeah, the mad games, man. They're, they're, they're like bigger than um, like Villa Blues. Like they take it proper personal. But um, Jesse, man, what's your thoughts on that game? Yes, I mean historically, man, it's a massive game in the area, and I think it's, it's a mad, it's a mad one because I don't think you would know how like big it is unless you've actually like been there in it. And yeah, they genuinely like their fans hate each other in it, and. Like they really don't like each other. But where both teams are at the moment, as I said about Wolves earlier, and where West Brom are at right now, it's it's not going to be a classic. Um, it might just... It, I could see it just being 1-0 to, to Wolves, really. Like it's not going to be a lot in it. They're both going to try and... West Brom will sit back and Wolves will have to try and break them down, which they're not comfortable doing that. They don't like to play like that, but they're going to have to do that otherwise they're not going to you know get a result because West Brom's not going to come on to them um, but yeah it's going to be a nutritional game man be a lot of battles a lot of second balls and Wolves are going to have to find a way to break them down and get the winner but I think they will get the winner so you think you so, so you don't think Wolves uh, sorry West Brom you think they don't really stand a chance against Wolves no they've got a chance uh, but I just I just see it being I just see that one ending one nil. Not really a lot happening in that game. Not a lot of chances being created. There won't be chances galore. It won't be you know, swashbuckling football, man. It's just going to be attritional, isn't it? Mm. 
and I could just see that one in the one nil. Yeah, man. And what what do you reckon about West Brom? What do you reckon if they were to try and go out? What what, what would you do if you was the West Brom manager? What what would you be your kind of thing, man? What would you do? Yeah, literally that. Like, I, look, I think for them, most games, I don't think they're a team that believes that they can go and get wins at some of these places. I don't think they can go and get results. But I think this is one game that they'll be up for, obviously, because it's a derby and. And I know there's no fans in the in the stadium right now, but they know what this means to the fans, isn't it? So they'll they'll put in a lot of like effort. They'll battle. They they might create an odd chance. They'll be resolute. Then I don't see them losing, like getting smashed three or four or five nil or anything like that. It's going to be a close game. They they can they can nick a draw or they can even nick a one nil win. You never know. But they they'll be in there. But it's you know it's one of them games, man. That you could say this for any other football match, in it. But I feel like they really needed their fans there for this one, and and it would have made a difference for them. But yeah, I just see it. I see there's too much quality in the Wolves team, and I just think for that reason, even with the players they're missing, they should have enough to beat West Brom. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you, man. I'd have to agree with you on that one. Still, I think yeah, I can't really see anything but a Wolves win. I think especially after the way that um that Wolves played the other night as well. I think they'll I think they'll be they'll be wanting to get three points, especially against the neighbours and it. So I can't really say anything but a Wolves win on that one. Yeah, I think this is one of them ones where whoever's watching it in the soccer Saturday studio, um <laughs> might want to keep an eye on one of the other screens. It's, I don't think it's going to be particularly entertaining, personally. I know it's a big... I think it's one of them ones where I think it'd be better if the fans are there. Um, but in terms of just the styles of play, and the last point in West Brom, like if Sam Allardyce is saying that this is going to be a hard job, then, boy, you fear for West Brom, and that You really do. I think they're on... What are they on? Eight points. One win. It's not looking good. He can but rolling on to another derby, man. The the West London derby. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not looking forward to this. One, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, still, this is going to be a mad game. Like, I can see it now already. This is going to be a mad game. But to be fair, to be fair, actually, even if, even if Fulham didn't play the way that they played the other night against Spurs, I would have still said this. So I'm not just saying this because they played well against Spurs. But I still think, I still think there's something going on at Chelsea that is, I don't know what it is, but there's something going on at Chelsea that's kind of just, I don't know, where it's Lampard, backroom staff, mixture of everything, the, the cohesiveness of the team, that like all the players that they've brought in. So something is gelling. But um, no, I'm going to stay, you know what, I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm going to stay optimistic because I think it depends with Chelsea. Chelsea have two sides to them play really 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 well or we just play like just awful and like we did against Arsenal like it's just just two sides to us but I think the only good thing about us is that apart from the other night Fulham I don't think Fulham have won in their last six games or something like that or seven games um, so we've got to go to, we've got to take that obviously it's a derby um, I don't think we've lost in the last 17 um, meetings with Fulham as well so there's a lot of things that I, think they don't, I don't think they've beat us since 2006 so 
Lampard's under a lot of pressure anyway. You'd like to think that there's other teams now, like I said about United and Solskjaer and the players playing for him. Um, yeah, you'd like to think that the Chelsea players at some point are going to start thinking, well, like we need to start kicking in and start doing that. Um, but I think the, the game at the weekend, um, just gone before the, the FA Cup weekend, I thought that was good for like Werner, Havertz, um, Hudson Odoi, them kind of players to get like just minutes under the un, under the belt, get goals. Because um, yeah, they that that goal drive that Werner's had has just been a bit mad because he started well, and then he just dipped off. So I think he needs to he needs to step up. Havertz needs to step up. But then part of that is also down to the fact that I feel like Lampard doesn't know his best eleven. He's playing like he he doesn't know how to play Werner. Like Werner's got to be played more central, and I feel like because he's not doing that, and I think he's done it at the weekend um, in the FA Cup. But he, when he's not doing that, it's like it's like anything. If you don't do something in the right way, you're not going to get the best outcome. So it's very similar. Um, but we still got injuries as well, so we need players to come back. You know, I think we're missing Reese James a lot as well. I think Ziyech coming back was good at the weekend. So I hope he starts as well. But we have to see, man. Um, the only thing I'll say, which is kind of away from the game, is that I hope Tomori stays because there's talk about him going on loan. And I think he's a he's a solid defender. I don't know why. I don't know what's happened. Obviously, we brought Thiago Silva in, but at the same time as well, we've got to rotate that back four or back five, whatever we played at the time. But we've got to rotate that. And I don't think Tomori started a, a premiership game this season. So he was a he was a key player last season. And this season, he kind of feels like he's dipped off a bit. But yeah, man, I'm hoping that we can get a win. And I, I'd, I'd go for 2-1 because I think even if Mendy's in goal, he's had some like some poor um, performances in goal the last couple of games. So I think they'll score. But I think hopefully if Werner's back on form, we might see a little Werner masterclass on, on, on the game, man. But I'm looking forward to that one, man. Obviously, it's Fulham, so we got to beat them. Yeah, I think um, I, I think you'll get the win, man. I, th- I think it'll be comfortable. Um, might even say like a three-one or something like that, man. Because if Fulham have played well lately, they've picked up, but they're still only just getting draws mainly. And they got they got a draw against Liverpool, didn't they, recently too? And you know they got the draw against Spurs, but. I just see you look. I just see Chelsea having too much for them. You know, there's too much quality there, and they're not. You, you, Chelsea ain't going to sit back and allow Fulham to put them under any pressure. And Fulham are not really good when they're not good under pressure, as you've seen in the game yesterday with with Spurs. Spurs created a lot of chances, and they they concede a lot of chances. And I see whoever Chelsea start with, I see them, you know, putting them away, man. And I think, yeah. I wouldn't go as far as saying 4-1, but I, I could see a 3-1, definitely. But one thing I'll say about, um, what, just to touch on quickly what you said about Tamori, I, I, I think it would be good for him to go out on loan, man, because if he's if Lampard doesn't fancy him, he's still young, he's still in his development stage of his career, it would be just good for him to just go out on loan and play some football and get a consistent run of games, just for his own development, because you've still got Rudiger, Zuma and Thiago Silva looks like his partnership and he's still got Christensen as well. So mm. I think that would be my one to go though. Christensen, I think, would be the one for me that would go. But I hear what I hear what you're saying. 
Yeah, I think it's just the way that Lampard sees it at the moment. It's like with Oli. Oli fancies, you know, Lindelof over Bailly. And I think when a manager just fancies someone else over you, even if it doesn't make sense, I think as a young player like Tomori is still, he's in his infancy of his career. He just needs football. He just needs game time. Whether that's in the Prem, whether that's another loan in the Championship, or even if he goes abroad, I think is yeah. it um, is it Milan that are interested in him? I think that's what I was, yeah, it's what, Milan. It's Milan, yeah. Milan want him. So it's a good yeah. listen. Um, yeah, it's they're top of the league, what, aren't they? Mm. Uh, they were. I don't know where they are now. I haven't checked since the weekend, but I feel like it's going to be a good move either way. And there's been talk of him going um, in the summer or whenever the window was, September or whatever it was. So there was talk of him going then as well, but um, for me, I don't know, man. I just, I just think he was, he was a brilliant defender last season, and it's just a shame because obviously it's one of those things. It's very similar to um, to Lamptey, and it when Reese James broke through. The only reason we saw Lamptey was because he, he he knew he was going to get first team football, and he wanted that. And it's very similar to what I can see happening to Tomori. I think if he goes on loan. We're going to buy centre-back because obviously Thiago Silva is not going to last another season, maybe another season, but he's not going to be first choice. So we're going to have to get a centre-back in, in any way. And you kind of feel like, well, you've got one there, but you loaned him out. And it's a typical Chelsea thing that I, I thought we were kind of trying to get away from with that kind of loaning out system all the time, loaning, loaning, loaning. But he's slowly creeping back in, even like Ross Barkley um, at Aston Villa. That is slowly coming back in to that point where we're just loaning out our players just because we want to buy someone else for like 60, 70 mil. But I hope, hope not, man. I hope, I hope he stays for, for personal, like, um, selfish reasons that like I wouldn't just stay. Yeah, I just think, like, just, yeah, for, I, I can understand why you want him to stay, but we just know it sometimes with managers when they don't fancy someone or whatever the reason is. They're just not going to get a look in. And if he's not played a game of Premier League football this season, it's, it's just best for him at this stage of his career to just go out on loan and, and get get a run of games, man. Like what Lanty did, like what a lot of Chelsea players are doing. I want to do, obviously, I want to talk about the loan system at some point, you know, on the pod. But I feel as though it works, you know. And it it it's turned a lot of players into professional footballers that probably wouldn't have been had they just stagnated and stayed in the prospective academies but yeah I feel you know he done well at Derby he was good I thought he was good for Chelsea last season as well and quite a few of these uh, Milan would be a good club for him it would be good to go abroad get that experience you know different dressing room different level of players as well different types of players that he's not really got there at the moment at Chelsea it would be a good learning curve for him no I agree man I agree but yeah, man, we have to see, but hopefully, hopefully, we get the three points on on um, against Fulham because we need them, man. We're slowly creeping away from that top four bracket and top six, so we need the, the points. But another big game, man, Leicester, Southampton. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I got this game. I was saying that to you before. Just quickly before I move on, I'm going for one-one. By the way, Fulham, Chelsea. I think Fulham will be up for it. But no comebacks, and I've got. I've got to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I think. So obviously we got we got fourth um, Leicester against seventh Southampton. Leicester. It's it's a weird game, yeah. And I'm going to start off by saying I think Southampton might take this either one-nil or two-one. So obviously Leicester. Leicester have a weird. 
a home record this season. They've actually lost four games um, at home. Five, if you include, um, they had a Cabral Cup game against Arsenal and they've only won three. And when I looked at the games that they've lost, they've struggled against quite a few sides that maybe press a little bit more and that are quite direct. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I want to look at Southampton. They seem to be doing better away. They've really won three away games. They've got, um, I think, away draws to Arsenal and Chelsea, I want to say. And I know they've drawn to Wolves as well. Um and they've, I don't know if it will come back to haunt them, but they haven't had a game since the beginning of Jan. So they last played against Liverpool when they won um, as well. And even I was looking at the head-to-head and um, obviously they got, Southampton got slapped up by Leicester last season. Obviously that was the 9-0, I think it was um, 2019. But the last two games at Leicester, Southampton have won 2-1. So it's an interesting one. The only thing that will mess up my prediction is that Danny Ings, I think, has just been diagnosed with, with COVID and I think he's just had a positive test yesterday or today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I think he scored, I think it's nine, or well, he's their top scorer anyway. And the next, the next top scorer is James Ward-Prowse on four. And obviously, I like James Ward-Prowse. Um, he's, he's, he's just been a good player since he's come through the academy. So... Yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that one, really. I think a couple of players, if, any, if anyone's going to watch it, um, obviously the usual, like your Vardys and stuff, but for Southampton, Ward-Prowse and Walker-Peters. And for Leicester, obviously, I, I think you man have said about Justin James before, he's a really good fullback, but for Farner as well, he's going he's gonna to do bits in the game. So but I, th- I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's one of them ones that would be good to watch, but I don't know. What are you man? Are you man thinking Leicester because they're going to win the league, or what are you thinking? I think it's I think it's going to be tough. I think like you just touched on then. I think Danny Ings being out is is key, but I think Che Adams has has shown this season um, that he's he's got goals in him, and I think uh, without looking at the team sheet, I haven't obviously looked if he's injured or not, but I don't think he is. But he's he's come on and shown that he can he can be the goal scorer he can get goals so um, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people probably think I think a lot of people would just say Leicester for the win because of the way that they play but I think South, Southampton's a good team and you know they've got some good players there as well the manager's decent I like the manager mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think it's going to be a close I'd, I'd, I'd go 1-1 I think I can see that being a 1-1 um because I think, yeah, I think the both teams are going to get chances, but I just think Danny Ings being missing is crucial for Southampton. Um, and yeah, I just think, I think, yeah, it's going to be a one-one for me. I think I go two-one Leicester, and um, I just think it will be a, that's going to be a really good game to watch, man, and it's going to be an open game because they both. They both like to play like a high press, a lot of energy, a lot of athleticism in their games and they both like to play football, don't they? So it's going to be a game that's wide open and there'll be a lot of counters, a lot of space to play into and I just think Leicester will have that bit more bit more quality in the final third to to get the three points, man. And um, But look, I like, is it Gineppo? 
for Southampton. Mm, a winger. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's a good winger, man. <laughs> he's got once he gets his game a bit more refined, man. I think he, he he'll be a talent, and um, I like and I, I, but same. I like Harvey Barnes as well for Leicester. Mm. I think he's I think he's improved this season, man. Very direct the way he runs at you know defenders. You know, likes to beat the man, but he works hard, gets back into the the shape as well. So, well, I think but I just see Leicester. Thing. There's a few, you know. Mm. I just see them getting, just doing enough and being clinical enough to get the get a two-one win. Yeah, man, going to be a close game. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to all them games that we just went through. Then I'm looking for obviously like the Black Country. Um, Derby, West London Derby, and then that Leicester Southampton game, they're going to be good games, man. So, be interesting to see how they pan out. We can obviously talk about them on um, on the Sunday, the Sunday episode, man. It's gonna be interesting. But the big one that's coming up, I'm gonna leave this one to you, man. Well, we already talked about Fulham Chelsea, no? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a good game, man. United Liverpool. Obviously, you man win six points ahead. But what, what, what are you saying, man? What, what's your thoughts on that? Go on, go on, take it away, Jesse. No, go on, Yeah, no. Um, I think, I think. Um, to sum it up, I think Klopp. I've noticed when Klopp plays against United. It feels like a bit of fear. I think there was one game where I think Shakiri scored the winner. Um, I think I think it was Jose's last game. But aside of that, whenever whenever United have played Liverpool, it feels like they play within themselves. That like they don't want to. The fear of losing is so much that you know they, they don't go for it. Even times when United have been out of form. So I'm not convinced that Liverpool will definitely win. But I I also don't trust in Oli to make the right decisions. And I can imagine like looking at the team sheet and seeing Dan James and Lindelof playing or, you know, Luke Shaw at centre-back or something like that. And it might work, but Liverpool have been a bit up and down. I think you were saying last time, January's traditionally, they've not really been in form. They've got a few players coming back. Um, I see this one being a draw personally, maybe 1-1. But if anyone's going to take it, I think I think it will be Liverpool, um, and that will be purely down to a lack of sort of big game tactics, poor in-game decisions from Oli, and that on paper Liverpool will probably edge when it comes to systems, but also the players they edge United. Well, definitely the system, but when it comes to players, they edge United. So. But I don't think it will be. I don't think anyone's going to get hammered, and it could very easily finish nil nil at the same time as well. So yeah, what about you, Jesse? What are you saying? Yeah, I, I kind of echo a little what you said, but it's, it's again. It's, I think a major thing, and I said this to Fio before as well. It's it's Ollie's decision making. Even even the selection yesterday kind of surprised me to see such a strong team against Burnley. I know there was a lot riding on the result. We needed to win the game, but you know I didn't. I, I wouldn't have started some of the. You know I wouldn't have started Bruno or Rashford in that game yesterday. Um, they could have easily came off the bench if we needed something. 
you know, Burnley was always going to sit back and be defensive. So I think we could have taken risks in the selection and resting people. But Liverpool are fresh, aren't they? They haven't played since Friday against Aston Villa last Friday. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah FA so, Cup game against the yeah, so, against the secondary school kids. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> and I guess that's why he started such a strong team in that game because he knew that they never had another match until next Sunday. So he, kept, he could take the risk in starting all of them in that game because he's got like eight nine days off until the next game. And the way that they play, the aggressiveness, the diet, how you know, such high energy. It benefits them having a lot of time off, but oh, it's one of them. You go with your heart or your head. I feel in my head. I, I see it being nil nil or one all. I don't see there being a lot in it because I just got. I don't know why, man. I just got the feeling that Oli's just gonna. He's gonna do something silly like revert to a back three or select someone <laughs> that should be playing. It's gonna and it's gonna cost us. But if he, you know, if he went with a back four. If Bay starts, if Fred and McTominay, because that's the other thing, I wouldn't be. I'm not against a diamond in midfield, and I'm not against a, you know, Mason starting. But he's not going to start Mason. So if you you're playing a diamond with Fred and McTominay, Pogba and Bruno, Martial and Rashford starting high and wide, we can count on really well in that shape. So it, it just depends on the team that he picks, man. Because I could see him doing something none of us expect, going to a back three, you know, and then just being constantly under pressure in that, in that game because of the formation and the selection and then ending up losing the game. It's facts. It's absolute facts. So, so yeah, I think, I think in my head I see a draw because... In the big games, Oli thinks of nullifying first, winning second. So, for that, and and then exact same thing, I think Klopp will be so much more weary of the counter against us. He always picks his defensive three in midfield. Whereas, you know, sometimes he might start with like a Cater or he might start, you know, what's say Chamberlain or Thiago, even though Thiago's not super fit yet. But against us, he would never do that. It would always be Fabinho, it would always be Henderson and probably might even be a Milner. Do you know what I mean? Because he'll be looking at as soon as Trent and you know Robertson push up the pitch, he'd want Wijnaldum tucking in on the left, at the left back. He'd want Henderson tucking in at right back. He'd want to make sure he's stopping all the counters. So even Liverpool won't really play their usual game either. So that's why I can see it being a draw. But you know, with with Mane on the pitch, you know anything can happen with him. He's he's, he's a quality player, man. And yeah, we just, we just have to see. But I, I see it being a draw. I would love a win. I would love a win. But, <laughs> yeah, I think we all, man. I think we all would. Even me, as a as a Chelsea fan, I'd, I'd love a win for United, obviously, because for, for obvious reasons. But yeah, man, I think. It's going to be a tough game for both both teams, and both teams are going to want to win. So it's going to be. I'm looking forward to that. Is that a four o'clock one as well? I think it's four o'clock kickoff. I think I think it's the late four. one. Yeah. Oh, is it late late one? No, late in, no. I think it's the hot half four. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be good as well because there'll be some decent games on this weekend. So 
that kind of wraps it up nicely. And then we'll know by the time we're doing the pod on Sunday what is what, innit? So, what if it's just you doing it on your own, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you man, you man are going to win that one still. But, yeah, man, that was, yeah, that, that, that's going to be the best game, I think, this weekend. Yeah, man, follow the socials, innit? Always stay tuned. Play to the whistle. And obviously, yeah, we've done a little rebranding and hopefully it works out better like this so it's a bit more clearer, a bit more structure to it and anyone that's listened so far, continue to listen to it because obviously we've got improvements on the way in it and more consistency, more experience in the game now. You know, we're not as green as we was, so... <laughs> Yeah, oh, and, and obviously, if you if you disagree or you got you you know you want to raise a point, at us in it. Let us yeah, know. Tweet us, man. Tweet us, man. Yeah, tweet us. Oh, tweet us, man. See me outside, man. <laughs> and said so you're not even comfortable on your own ends, you know. On the back. Listen, that was that was sick, man. And new episodes, all, like twice a week, we're going to be dropping episodes like rotation now, it so. It's, it's, yeah, man, we, we're on it now. To 2021, we're on it. Yeah, and yeah, the last thing, obviously, as well, is like, obviously there's three of us, you know, some of us might have burnout sometimes, it might be unfit, so it might only be two, but, you know, the quality would never drop with the episode, so. 100, man. And so that Man City rotation. Yeah, man, all stars. <laughs> 211. <laughs> the Galacticals. Yeah.